Greetings to each one here in the name of our Lord. An opportunity we have again to meet together. Lots of things taking place. This was mentioned about the plane accident. Just trying to think how that would be if one of us wasn't here this morning. My brother Nate Sadiq in there and I heard him mention numerous times about Rod Martin, Rodney Martin. And not sure what it would be like. Kind of goes a little bit with my message this morning. It's not quite the same, but um, in my life we've had a little girl that can't hear. And so my thoughts were on that as we wait for the results of the blood work and just don't know which way it'll be. And there's somewhat of a comfort once you do know which way it is. And so it's not anything new to us. We're glad for the things that we have nowadays that can benefit a deaf child. And so thank you for your prayers and for all that you've done for us. Especially the good food we've had this week. A lot of you have brought meals in and it's definitely appreciated. As for any of you that have children, of course, have a baby. Okay, getting to the message. The message this morning is hearing God. So I thought of verses in scripture that I've read and how God uses physical hearing and spiritual hearing. And I realize this goes real close with vision and sight. And a lot of times we think of somebody that just can't see it. They just can't get it. Whether it's work or family or something spiritual, you know, they just can't, can't they see it? I mean, we use that phrase a lot. But in Scripture, a lot of times God is bringing words to us, and he's asking us, are we, are we hearing? Are you listening? And I had devotional years ago at Shady Grove about um, hearing or listening. And in school, that's crucial. It's critical. I can just imagine Mike in the classroom. He wants his students to hear what he's saying. But it goes farther than that. And we're going to look at a few words that relate to hearing. There's a lot of them. But this all came about as I was reading in Galatians. And so I have some in Galatians, and then we'll look at a couple words about hearing. But the phrase is given twice in the first few verses in Galatians. You can turn to your Bible to Galatians chapter 3. And just hearing Mike's sermon last Sunday, if you don't remember it, it was about silence. And he made note that it wasn't because of Marla's hearing condition. It was having to do with each of our personal lives and the quietness that we need. 
and the thought that Marla has all the silence that she wants in a physical sense. You know, God made her that way. And yet, in her presumed, we, d- we didn't do the actual brain one yet, but we assume, you know, no hearing. Um, she'll be able to hear God. A blind person can see God. A deaf person can hear God. And all of us that can hear and see shouldn't have any excuse to understand God. And as, I'm just going to read Galatians 3, uh, 1 to 14. I didn't know where to stop. Uh, and maybe I should just stop at the end of 5. There's It all goes together, even previous chapter, where to start and stop. But let's just get, read Galatians 3, 1 to 5. That at least will get the most part of it. Says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Stop reading there, and if you notice the phrase, it's, or by the hearing of faith. And so, I was... My curiosity, I wondered what's involved with that. How do you hear faith? You don't just, here it comes, you hear it, and you got it. We all know it's the other way around. Faith comes by hearing. So why is this saying by hearing of faith? Well, and we could, it's hard not to, you know, you could have a whole subject just on what was taking place here with Galatians. But the, the, just in quick here, in verse 1, he says, you foolish Galatians, you're missing it here. He said, who hath bewitched you? And, and the, the bewitched terms means like you, you got led into evil as if you were uh, charmed. You know, when somebody can just influence you heavily, you, you, you just got, uh, you know, charmed is, is probably about as good a word as any. Um, you're just following through with what's this. It says that ye should not obey the truth who, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. And these were people that had the word of God come into their lives. They, they believed on Jesus Christ, as it says here, evidently. And I think that, I'm not sure if that word... Uh, see what I didn't have it here exactly right off um, but Christ was set before them it was it was it was there they couldn't they couldn't avoid it and they they took it and they received it but Paul gets into this in verse 2 3 4 and 5 he he doubles up on this and in verse 2 he says this only would I learn of you and basically he's saying I have a question for you 
received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did you learn of the Spirit? Which way? And he says, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? So what they did was, is they were turning back to the old ways. And if you continue reading uh, verses 6 all the way through, it talks about Abraham being justified by his faith and in his believing. And in 3 he said, Are ye so foolish? You've begun in the Spirit. And it says, Are ye now made perfect by the flesh. And that is the, the things they were doing. They were going back to the old law and just doing things uh, by works again. They weren't using the Spirit of God coming into your life as the main uh, source of Christianity. Uh, being Christian, they, they started down this way that you got to do all these old laws again. And they were repeating a little bit what they... Uh, May have heard, now I don't know if, if a lot of these were Gentiles or Jews or what their background could have been, but they, they got caught into this that wasn't right. And it says in 4, Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? There's a little confusion there what they're suffering for, but it's possible that they were, they were doing all these things that the law would have told them to and causing some hardships and difficulties. And Paul says, Why are you doing all these things in vain? And he says, Well, but maybe they're not in vain if it could help you understand that you don't need to do all those things uh, now as Christ has come. He's been set before you. you. You can see the way that God has. And in verse 5 he says, He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you. And, and just get this verse, get it understood. Paul's asking this question. He's saying, a person that ministereth among you or works works miracles among you and ministereth to you in the spirit. How does he do it? In the last part of the phrase, it's or verse. It says, "Doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith?" And as you think about that today, somebody that follows through with all the laws and and doing everything quote properly. Is that how they get to be able to minister to people today? Because they did all the works of the law. And I don't think it's hard for you to know the answer. Does somebody do things because they did the works of the law? Or is it because of a hearing of faith? How did you become a Christian? It wasn't because of the works of the law. It was because, and I have in big bold letters here in my notes... It's by the hearing of faith. That's how you can do things today. So what is the hearing of faith? Just a note with that, your spiritual growth comes from hearing the Spirit of God and then acting upon what you heard. Spiritual growth does not come from doing the law. It's from God's Spirit coming into you and you, you hear it and you know what to do with it. And that's the hard part for me, hearing God, what he's saying. I don't want to say hearing voices, but there's lots of voices nowadays that come to us. And it's hard to know sometimes, but that may be a little bit off. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing 
by the word of God. That's how people become Christians today. They heard the word and they accept it by faith. They act upon it in faith. And if you read all these verses following, Abraham believed God, verse 6, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. There's quite a bit that goes through there, you know, later on there in it. But the hearing of faith. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Words in the Bible that relate to hearing. Some of what in my introduction, we're going to keep going with a few words. I'll give you a few. Hear is the most basic one. Listed a lot. Listen. If I remember right, it's only given one time in Scripture. Just in Isaiah somewhere, it just says, Listen, oh, so-and-so. But that doesn't mean the word isn't used, but it is. Uh, it's just in different forms. So you have hear, listen. You have attend. You have heed, hearken. Give ear. Many things that represent hearing. I want to look at three words that give indication of how our hearing is this morning. And they all start with H, so it didn't hold out maybe the best, but the first one is hear, the second one is heed, and the third one is hearken. And they're the last two are somewhat similar, but the first one, I think, is the basic uh, one, and we'll get to it here. But my, my question for you today is, is how well are you hearing? Are you simply hearing? Are you heeding? Are you harking, hark, hearkening, get the word right, to what you have been given? So number one is hear. Definition, to perceive or apprehend by the ear, to gain knowledge by hearing. This is like school, you have it a lot. The teacher gives it, the students hear it. That's simple, short hearing. It comes into your ears, it goes into your brain. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 3. I want to read verses 1 to 10. It's, it's familiar, but it gives some understanding of what it is to hear. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. I'll probably try to read it pretty quick, so follow along. Maybe that will keep us all awake. Hopefully I can read it accurately. Familiar story. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, that his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou caldst me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, 
neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he shall, if it sh, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, And the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And it goes on and says what Samuel was told by God. Now I just want to point out here that Samuel heard what God had to say. And Samuel didn't really do anything wrong. There wasn't any real correction needed. It was simply hearing what God had to say. And that's where it starts. You have to hear. It has to go into your ear. Samuel heard the words of the Lord. It gave him understanding and knowledge as he listened to what God was telling him. We all need to hear the things of God. There's not much more to add to that because I don't have to tell of you how to hear. You, you, you know how to hear. So let's go to the second one. Heed. Some more verses to read. Acts 8. I'm going to read 1 to 13. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 13. A little bit of a story for him here. But the word heed, some of these definitions, they run together. But this has the idea or definition of to give consideration or attention to. So after you hear it, now you ponder it, you're thinking about it. You give attention to it. Acts chapter 8, read verses 1 to 13. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church was, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was someone that was some great one to whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, 
because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preached but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. It's a uh, place here in the scripture. It uses heed two times. And the first time is when Philip preached to him. And it says in verse 6, The people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. They gave heed to it, and they considered and thought through the things that were said and done by Philip. And it brought about a response. It doesn't say it here now, but if in the verses we read later on, it says, And when they believed Philip, preaching the things, they were baptized. And so, you had, and I, part of the story is given away, of course, because of this uh, man, Simon, but they heard, understood, and they changed their beliefs by what Philip had preached. But in uh, verses 9 to 11, look at what took place before that, which we had read them. The people had given heed to the magic arts that Simon did before. They saw them, and they believed in them. And they even were convinced in verse 10, the end, it says, This man is the great power of God. So in this case, the people gave heed to Simon first, and then they gave heed to Philip. But how did they know what was the truth? If you look at the word giving heed, they they did it to both of them. And how do we know what to give heed to today with what all we hear? It's a little bit hard to know what the truth is sometimes, but... The hearing and seeing, which it says about seeing some of the miracles, took their faith from one and turned it to the other. And I think the main reason and source there was is that they were desiring a relationship with God and not man. This man, Simon, had control on him. And when something more genuine, more real, the truth being remade known as Philip showed them, they wanted that. And so they gave heed to that instead. And later on, the Spirit of God was received into their lives. Some verses later on about um, when they laid hands and received the Spirit. But as you think of the word heed, it's used a lot of times in Scripture. Just a couple verses here yet. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Hebrews 2.1 Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Hebrews 3.12 Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And Joshua 22.5 
But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you, to love the Lord your God, and to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commandments, and to cleave unto him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Commandment there in Joshua in the Old Testament. So not much more to add to the word heed is that when you hear something, you're contemplating doing something about it. And you're sorting through if you should or shouldn't. And then as we saw in Acts here in the story, the people did. They took heed and they changed. So now the third one is hearken. And by definition, it's very similar to heed. But the example I found is uh, it's from the Old Testament, and uh, we'll turn to it here in a bit. Actually, I have two of them. I think about it. Uh, the word hearken, and the, uh, two, two places where it was used uh, really is similar to, to take heed, just to following through, but um, I didn't do a word study maybe as much as what I do sometimes of like, well, what's the difference between these? And, you know, you look at the... Dictionary definitions, you're like, okay, there's, there's not a whole lot. But let me back up a little bit here in Acts before we leave, in case anybody, any of you are enjoying some word studies. In verse 10 of Acts chapter 8, it says, To whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And verse 11 starts out, And to him they had regard. Well, in the original language, they had regard and gave heed is the same thing. And so there would be another definition of you have regard, you, you, uh, you think about it, you, you, you're keeping it in your mind. And in verse 11, they had regard because of uh, all the things that Simon had um, done in his sorcery and, and uh, acts that he did. Um, so now as we look at hearken, definition from dictionary is just to give respectful attention and and, and I want to hope that it's a little bit more attention yet than heed if you hearken but in 1 Samuel 15 it's familiar I know and I I would like to read the whole chapter but I don't think I will because of time but turn to 1 Samuel 15 and it's verse 22 and 23 I'm guessing some of you are ready. The light bulb might be going off. These are some very sobering verses. And just real quick, this is Saul. He was told to go destroy, completely destroy the Amalekites. He blamed it on the people that they kept some of the things. He didn't kill the king. He just didn't do a very good job of what God had told him to do. Samuel comes along and in verse 22 there was some conversation before this, but in, in verse 22 of 1 Samuel 15, reads, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. And verse 23 reads, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and hath also reject He hath also rejected thee from being king. 
The comparison there is is the, and and the people were wanting to keep the animals to sacrifice is what they were doing. We're gonna we're gonna sacrifice to God. We'll take the best of them and we'll sacrifice. And and the verse here just says to obey is better than sacrifice. To hearken is better than the fat of rams. We need God's help to discern if we are being rebellious or stubborn about what we hear. And as this keeps getting a little more, not sure where you would identify with it. As you hear things, you comprehend them, you're not sure if you should take heed to them or if you should hearken to them. We need God's help because maybe I am being stubborn or I am being rebellious and I don't want to listen to what somebody's telling me. And this verse just clearly says about to hearken is better than other, all your things. You can, you can justify things however you want sometimes. But to simply hear it, take it as truth, and do it is difficult. And when you don't do that, you rebel against what you know you should be doing. Now turn to, this is the last uh, example, and it's one of these small ones, but I, I think it's critical. They're just the example is given. Second Chronicles 33 and I want to read verses 1 to 13. And this, is, this uses hearken, and this is uh, in Hebrew, I guess, the Old Testament. Um, it's the exact same word when it says hearken as, as what's used in 1 Samuel that we had. Um, so it is, in the original language, it's, it's identical. Second uh, Chronicles 33 It's a man by the name of Manasseh. I'm not sure how many of you understood what all he did in his life, but I want to read verses 1 to 13. This gets the idea of what's going on here. 2 Chronicles 33, verse 1. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem. But did that which was evil... In the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down. And he reared up the altars for Balaam. And he made groves and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. And also he built altars in the house of the Lord, whereof the Lord had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be forever. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. Also he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with a familiar spirit. And with wizards he wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he set a carved image, the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Neither will I any more remove the foot of Israel from out of the land which I have appointed for your fathers, so that they will take heed to do all that I have commanded them, according to the whole law, and the statutes and the ordinances by the hand of Moses. So Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Israel 
inhabitants of Jerusalem, to err and to do worse than the heathen, whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. Wherefore the Lord brought them, brought upon them the captains of the hosts of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns, and bound him with fetters, and carried him to Babylon. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers, and prayed unto him, and he was entreated of him, and heard his supplication, and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. One of my side thoughts of this is is that you will probably see Manasseh in heaven quicker than you might Solomon. And that's my observation. I have no idea. God's the judge. But when a man does evil and he refuses to listen and God brings him into affliction and he cries out to God as he should have in the first place, God heard. And that is the, to me, that's the definition of hearken. And as I looked up the Hebrew side of it, the definition there from Strong's, I think it was, gives uh, or gives a couple meanings here. It means to prick up the ears, to attend, to cause to hear, give heed, incline, and to mark well or to regard. There's a lot of words there, but Manasseh ignored the words of the Lord. You have the contrast there of he did not hear and do. He heard it, but he refused it. And in uh, Jeremiah 6.10, the verse reads, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. That fits Manasseh really well. But as I stated, in his affliction, he besought the Lord. And Manasseh was now willing to hearken to the words that he had heard a long time ago. And in verse 13, as we read, it said, The Lord heard his supplication. Then he knew that the Lord, he was God. It's always one of the things in a message to give some practical pointers or whatever that maybe I would have learned from this. But I can't do that this morning because God has to speak to you. And you have to hear God yourself. Just a few questions I wrote down here yet in closing. Is God asking something of you? Or has God spoken to you? Are you hearing it? Are you paying attention to it? Isaiah 28:23 Give ye ear and hear my voice, hearken and hear my speech. God wants us to take what he's telling us to to listen to it.
Another pointer here, I guess you'd say, if God is speaking in your life, hear it and heed and hearken to it. And, the la- and lastly, there is a way that God can speak, and that, I think for me, is the hardest way when someone else is trying to tell me something. And there could be people in your life. I have down here, maybe someone is trying to tell you something. You have to decide who it's from because God speaks through other people. And sometimes it's no fun listening to somebody that we don't want to listen to. It just You don't want to. But maybe God is trying to tell you something through somebody else. A spouse? You listening to your spouse? Your children? Are they telling you something? Are you listening? Someone you work with? A brother or sister in the church? Are you hearing what they are saying? Challenge to me, I've had times where people spoke into my life and I didn't want to listen. But if we go by what Manasseh learned here, he knew that the Lord, he was God. That's where you want to be, brothers and sisters. When you listen and follow with what God or whoever, how it comes to you, there's a place of blessing. The words can't come to me, but that you know you're doing it right. You're doing what God wants you to. There's no other place you'd rather want to be. And so my challenge, as I gave this morning for myself, and I actually cringe at trying to give you my, I didn't know how to, what, I think it's my personal problem of what God's telling me. I don't really feel like I have to tell you all that. Um, but there's times when God's trying to get through to me. I just, I don't want to give heed. I don't want to hearken. There's just, there's other voices like Mike preached about last Sunday. And so I challenge you to just to hear God when he speaks to you. Why don't we just stand for closing prayer, benediction, also the noon meal today.